singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul, for I'm without within. But my Lord leads me on, through Him I must win. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face, there to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When in service for my Lord, dark may be the night. But I'll cling more close to Him, He will give me light. Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord goes ahead, leads wherever be tied. Oh, I want to see Him, look upon His face. There to sing forever of saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty deep, then my Lord directs my bark, he to safely keep. And he leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me, oh, I love him so. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of the saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. as we know it is losing its bar some are discouraged from bearing the load but we must determine to keep pressing on cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle it would be worth every struggle it would be worth every mile. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. If it rescues just one more soul. So preachers keep preaching and singers go sing. Laymen keep sharing that Jesus is King. The angels have gathered, they're surrounding the throne. And they'll start rejoicing for just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle. It would be worth every mile, a lifetime of labor, it's still worth. 
that rescues just one more soul. Cause if just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle. It would be worth every mile. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. Heaven rescues just one more soul. A lifetime of labor is still worth it all. Heaven rescues just one more soul. Well, tonight, uh, I'm not going to ask you to open your Bible and turn anywhere. I'm not going to preach tonight. We're going to ask Brother Brad to come and preach for us tonight. His family's in from Indiana, and we're so glad to have them, had the privilege of having them over to our home, of course, for the 4th of July, and it's always nice. I think, I mean, can you imagine uh, your son growing up, and you invest in them your whole life, you pour your heart, your soul, your finances, your everything into them. You watch them go off to Bible college, and you wonder to yourself, will they finish? Will they make it? Will they complete the task? And Brad has. Brad finished. He graduated. Brad is uh, just uh, with flying colors. Actually, he was like, what, first or second in his class, I believe. I can't remember. I don't know all that salutatorian thing and valedictorian stuff, but I know he was recognized for one of those. I don't know which one. Which one was it? Which is like the best ever, right? Okay. Yeah, of course. (laughs) The best ever, I'm sure. But nonetheless, I mean, really, did a great job in school, provided his way, paid his way through school. Man, I'll tell you what, uh, Brad's a hardworking young man. He's doing a great job. And and, and when the opportunity came to bring him on staff, and literally, folks, let me tell you something. Uh, You know, him and Joshua made peanuts. Uh, Joshua started off full time here for 360 bucks a week. No, nothing. No benefits, nothing. 360 a week, and Brad, I came on, we was paying him 400 bucks a week. That's it, 400 bucks, 10 bucks an hour is all he gets. Folks, listen to me. These guys aren't getting rich here, but what they are doing is they're learning the ministry. What they are doing is they're getting an opportunity to grow in Christ and ultimately become the men that God wants them to be. Now, I've given Brad a raise. Joshua, I'm not worried about him. He, <laughs> he still comes over too often to give raises to. We still got to feed him. But no, I'm joking. We, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're trying to help these guys. We don't, our goal is not to starve people out. But listen, when you can take, uh, we, we had a unique situation. You know, we had brother, brother uh, um, of course, uh, my mind's already blank. He's gone, so he's out of my mind. But anyway, we had brother Hamilton here for the longest time, and we paid brother Hamilton very well. And we were able to almost basically bring on almost, almost two men for the price of one. And that was a blessing. And boy, when I got a chance to meet Brad, not just because he's my son-in-law, but because of just the character and just the position that, that he takes on the Word of God and things, I was very impressed. And I was so thankful that my daughter married a guy like this. And second, I was very happy that he had a desire to learn the ministry and go forward in his faith. He wants to pastor one day. This is not his goal. This is not where he sees himself. He sees himself pastoring a church. He sees himself pastoring a people. And boy, I like that. Uh, Brother Kavanaugh, he sees himself pastoring a church, pastoring a people. Joshua sees himself pastoring a church, pastoring a people. Uh, there's, that's the bottom line. Everybody that's coming through here seems to be wanting to leave again and do something, and that's wonderful. That's how it's supposed to be. So we're excited about that. So when men like Brad or Josh or Brother Kavanaugh decide to take off and go, we're not discouraged by that. We're excited about that. 
and that's a wonderful thing. So for as long as we have them, we cherish them, we try to do all we can to invest in them, and I appreciate your spirit and your attitude toward these men. I know uh, the couple of them are pretty young. Well, they're all three young, really, compared to some of you. And uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate your spirit and your attitude in the midst of it and just uh, your patience with all of us here on the staff. So much transition going on, so much transition, folks. And we just appreciate you being patient with us along the way. But anyway, I'm honored to have Brad come and preach. And again, it's great to have his family. We have grown to, we've just learned to fall in love with them. It didn't take long. They're just wonderful folks. And boy, I'll tell you what, you keep your family strong in the Lord. It's worth it, man. It's worth it. You see the fruit of it. Stay at it. Don't give up. If you have some, you know, some things go on in your life that just don't seem to mesh and, you know, don't quit. Just stay at it. The long haul is what the Lord's all about, okay? Just stick with it. But anyway, Brad, you come preach for us. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's saying. Uh, it is a privilege uh, to, be, to, be, uh, to be able to preach <laughs> and to have the, the opportunity. And uh, it's great having my family in for the visit. And uh, it's a blessing to be able to work for this church. And uh, just like Pastor said, you can't put a price on uh, what I've learned here so far. And uh, what I'm looking forward to learning in the future here as uh, God has me here and directs me. And um, just want to be faithful to his calling, you know, and see what the Lord has for me. Um, man, weren't those songs great? It's worth it all, isn't it? And are you excited about looking upon his face one day? You know, I just had one problem with that. You know, I, I was waiting for these guys to ask me to sing with them, you know. I mean, they need a quartet, you know. And uh, I thought when I married in the family that that was for sure, you know, I'd get to sing with these guys. But uh, Josh must have told him stories from college of hearing me sing. And uh, I was in the college choir there, but that's because it was mandatory. And uh, they didn't even want to let me in. So, but uh, now that's a blessing. Um, if you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, I'm thankful uh, for this past weekend, what we got to celebrate, you know, and uh, for our freedoms to be an American. And uh, I kind of shared some things uh, uh, last Saturday in the Go Rally meeting that we had there, some things that the Lord laid on my heart. But, you know, something that he's working on my heart was that take so many things for granted. And uh, just, uh, you know, as Americans, we take so many things for granted. And... Uh, just to have the freedoms to be here tonight and to openly worship our Lord and Savior. You know, we don't have to do it secretively, and uh, we can proclaim his word tonight. And that's such a great um, an honor to be able to do that. And uh, just for all that God's blessed us with. You know, we are truly a, a blessed people. And, uh, you know, uh, we're still the greatest nation, no matter what anybody says. And uh, the Lord's still... Uh, blessing us, but you know, there are some things um, that are changing in our time, and the problem is that people have got away from the fundamental truth which this country was built on, you know, and uh, Pastor touched on that some this morning, and it was a great message, you know, how our nation was founded on biblical principles, but you know, our people have slipped away from that. We've wanted to take God out of everything. But an even bigger problem than that, it's not just people out in the world, it's Christians. Christians have gotten away from some fundamental truths 
that we've got to get back to. We've got to get back to some of these things here, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like we just get tired. We just want to throw in the towel. Say, oh, it's just not worth it. You know, have, have you seen what people are doing? You know, they're just louder than us. We can't make a difference, but we can. It starts with just one person. You know, I'm thankful that our church and our people haven't gotten away from that. We haven't got away from the biblical principles which that sets the foundation. And I'm glad that we have a pastor that stands on that and preaches from the Word of God. But I want to look at some things tonight, you know. Don't ever think that you can't make a difference. We could go around and think of so many people, but, you know, we think of some of these from preachers of the past, D.L. Moody and Billy Sunday and all these famous uh, preachers, Spurgeon. And What if they would have said, you know what, it's just not worth it. I can't make a difference. How many lives would not be impacted today because they said it's not worth it? Think of our pastor, how many lives he's touched. What if he said, you know what, I can't start a church. I can't go out there and start from ground zero. I can't do it. We know that he can't, but with the Lord he can. And look at the fruit from that. It all goes back to being faithful to God. Being willing to be used of God, whatever he has for you. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, well, before we get started here, let me pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in your house tonight, Lord. I just pray that we can learn from your word tonight, Lord, that we can be challenged, be changed from your word. We'll just give you the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Deuteronomy here, a book of remembrance. And uh, chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on the gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and godly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells dig, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, listen to the warning here in verse 12, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which thou brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He's saying, hey, he gives them a warning there in verse 12. He says, hold on a second. Beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land. You know, sometimes as Christians, it's so easy to forget where we've come from. Forget that the Lord is the one that's got us here. It's not our own power or our own strength that's, that got us here, but it's only by the Lord. You know, you think, what if the person that led you to Christ or shared that with you, what if they would have just gave up? Where would we be at today? You say, oh, well, somebody else would have come by. Maybe that's true, but we don't know that. We don't know that. You know, as children of God, we better not forget where we come from. You know, there should be 
some landmarks in our life. And I know uh, a few weeks ago, a pastor preached a message on landmarks and things, and, and I'm not going to re-preach that, but I'm just going to touch on a few things um, to deal with that. And there should be some, some landmarks in our life to help us to remember where we came from. You know, when you're starting to slip away, there ought to be that landmark that pops up in your mind that reminds you. You know, as children, we say, why are our parents so strict? Why do they set up so many guidelines? Why is there so many things? You know what? They're doing it for our help. You know, because we want to live our life as close as the edge as we can. We know we're going to fail. We're going to mess up. You know what? When we do, then we're over the cliff. But you know what? If we set some guidelines, if we set some standards in our life that are going to keep us away from the edge, it's going to help us. When we do mess up, you know what? We don't have to start all over again and get back up there because we're still there. But we have to recognize that we've messed up and get back to that. You know, Satan wants us to tear down those landmarks. Satan wants us to sell ourselves out and say it's not worth it. You know, there should be a landmark of salvation. If you're here tonight and you know uh, there's a time that you accepted Christ as your Savior, you've got that, and nothing can take that away from you. Aren't you thankful for that? And John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, that's important. We believe it, Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. It's not being a good person. It's not being a member of this church. It's not being baptized. It's not even giving your money to the church. Oh, sure, those things are all great things. That's not what gets us saved. We know that it's only through Jesus Christ. You know, those things that I mentioned there are things that Christians should do. But you know what? The sad part is hell is full of people like that. You know what? Because... They put their trust in good works. They put their trust in being a member of a church. Or they said, but Lord, I gave you money. Depart from me. The works of iniquity, for I never knew you. I hope that that wouldn't be anyone tonight that would have to go through that. I see that don't allow Satan to sell out, to have you sell out your landmark of salvation. Don't ever, don't ever forget the price that was paid. Don't ever forget it. Don't allow Satan to have you sell out on your Bible. Oh man, this is, this is something that should be precious to us. Amen. You know, I hope it's something that we just don't throw on a shelf and just wait till next week. Maybe it's just a, we use it as a bookend or something, you know. But really to think about what the words of God that we have. You know, the people across the world would do anything to have a Bible. I've got like five, six, seven of them. You know, it's something that I take for granted. It's the Word of God. Men and women who died so that I could have this Word of God. You know, Satan, he likes to set up a trap of, oh, well, there's all these other versions out there now. They're to help you. They're to help you understand. You know, you need to, to... It just changes the word so you can understand. No, what it does is it perverts the word of God and takes things out. Like the blood of Jesus Christ. The deity of Christ. Things that they may think are minor things, but... And this is life or death that they're messing with. 
Bible says that you shouldn't take one one dot or tittle out of this thing. You know, we have no authority to do that, but we have the Word of God through the King James Bible. Don't allow Satan to sell you out. Don't fall in that trap of, oh, well, I'll be okay if I just study out of this one and use this one. No, that's where it all starts. It all starts with just a little lie that Satan puts in there. You know, Satan just uses a little lie, but you know, a little lie with some truth is still a lie. And that's what he tries to do. He tries to give us some truth, but just mix it up with a little lie. See, don't sell out your life to the things of this world. You know that there's a value. Each one of us have a value placed on our life. You know, there's times where you feel like, man, I'm not worth anything. Man, I just, I can't believe that the Lord would use me or allow me to be used. But you know what? You are valuable to so many people. But even if there was nobody else in this world that valued you, God does. You know how much he values you? That he died on the cross. That if you were the only one, he would have still sent his son to die for you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. You know, the decisions that you make with your life and the things that you do, do you consider that this isn't our body? So many times we're just so quick to do things and not even to consider, hey, is this harming my body? Is this... Is this pleasing to God? Am I presenting my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God? No, but usually we're like, oh, man. Man, God, you're really asking too much of me. And you want me to do this, this, and this? He goes, yeah, that's your reasonable service. Yeah, that's just the least you could do. I mean, after all I did, I think that's just the, the least you could do. You know, there's some things, there's some landmarks, there's some things that we need to have grounded in our life. There's some foundational truths that you've got to have your foundation built on or your life's going to crumble. It's going to be on the sand, and when the storm comes, it's just going to crumble. What are some things that can help us from uh, from not selling out, from not removing those landmarks in your life? I want to look at just a couple of those tonight, and we'll be finished up here. Number one, I see that. We must decrease, and he must increase. John chapter 3, verse 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. You know, it's so easy. We have to ask ourselves this question. You know, are we lifting up God, or are we just lifting up ourselves most of the time? Is it, hey, look what I did, or is it, hey, look what God allowed me to do for him? It's so easy just to puff ourselves up, and, and pride is such a, a hard uh, issue to deal with. But it's something that's so vital, and it's so easy to get into our life and to take the focus off Christ. We have to ask ourselves, where is our focus tonight? You know, if we want to live a life that's pleasing to Christ, then we've got to decrease. And He's got to be lifted up and magnified tonight. You know, we are nothing and can do nothing without Him. You know, we have a, a lot of technology and a lot of different things today that are very helpful in some ways. 
But I see that they're very harmful in other ways. You know, uh, it's so easy for us to get our own answers now, to fix our own problems. It's so easy just to use money to buy our things. Hey, if we got a problem, oh, I can get myself out of that. Let me just ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what do I do? You know? That's on your phone for uh, people that don't know that. I saw a few looks from the older people. I'm glad to see that you don't have that. You don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, it's so easy just to fix our own problems, to do our own thing now, and we totally just forget about God. We just put Him on the back shelf, and when we need Him, we'll pull Him out. You know, what, what are we teaching our children today? We saw there in verse 7 of our text, it says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when they risest up. And we should be teaching them that, in verse 5, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Amen. You know, but families in America today have got their focus off biblical principles. Off of teaching their kids, they just let the kids just do whatever they want. You say, well, that's a, they'll get that in Sunday school. That's why I bring them to Sunday school. Or they'll get that in junior church. Or the pastor, he'll teach them in church. And, uh, you know, those are great tools that God has given us. But the majority of it's got to come from the home. Amen. You know, parents have to be the ones to step up. Say, hey, we're going to church. Hey, we're going to do, you know, we're going to build our life around Christ. Amen. We're not going to build our life around uh, other activities and things and then just try to squeeze church in or, or squeeze God in there, but we're going to do it right. You know, and like I say, I'm, I'm thankful for good Sunday school teachers and junior church workers and pastors and teachers. We need those. And those are vital in, in children's lives and adults. But you know why I'm here today? Because of those people right over there. My mother and my father... And then my grandfather is why they were there at. It's because they said, you know what? We're going to make a stand. Amen. We're going to keep our kids in church and we're going to raise them right. I know not everybody has that opportunity. And that you can make it without that. That's for sure. God can get anybody through any situation. But you know something? I never woke up a Sunday morning or... Wednesday before church and said, eh, I'm not going to church today. They didn't say, oh, well, why? Oh, I'm just not feeling it, you know. I'm just, I'm not feeling it today, you know. I, I was up late last night, and I just, I just need to sleep in. Yeah, that didn't work around my house. That, that didn't work, you know. Uh, you couldn't pull any fake sick cards. You couldn't pull anything because Sunday and Wednesday was church days, and that's what you did. You know, and there, I didn't even have to try to pull things because I knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, you know, after one try, uh, you know, you, you, get, you learn your lesson, you know. Uh, and you end up going to church crying. Um, <laughs> but you, you stop before you get there, though. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, I wasn't the one that made the decisions. But, you know, uh, and as a child, uh, I... I now, this is going to be hard for some of you to believe. 
I'll just throw this out there. But I wasn't always the perfect little angel. <laughs> I didn't always do everything that I was supposed to. I know you guys are shocked. And, uh, and I couldn't even tell you any different because my parents are here to vouch for it. So <laughs> there's no way of getting around it. But, you know, I'm thankful for those times that my parents didn't just give in. Because they were, they didn't say, oh, oh, I'm afraid Brad might be upset with me. What if he's not my buddy? What if he's not my friend? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's, that's down the road. Now we're friends. Now we're buddies. And now they get to reap. Now, I can still fall and still mess up. But you know what? They raised a child like they were supposed to. And it pays off. Just like Pastor said, it pays off being faithful to God. You know, we must decrease and He must increase. Something else I see that will help us is having a relationship with the Lord. Notice that word that I use there, relationship. Not just know the Lord or know of Him, but to have a relationship with Him. Those are two totally different things. You know, it's more than just knowing Him. It's more than just, oh yeah, I've heard of Him. No, it's having a relationship with Him. Today is a special day for me. It's my one-year anniversary. It's already been one year, and uh, it's hard to believe, but... uh, my beautiful wife over there. But you know, there's we have a relationship. You know, there's things that I don't want to let her down. You know, there's things I want to provide for. I want to make her happy. I want to be there for her. She's somebody special to me. She's not just somebody off the street. She's not just one of you. She's more special to me than any of you guys. I'm sorry. That's my wife. She's special to me. You know, and we have a relationship that grows stronger every day. But there's some things that I put into practice so that I don't let her down, so that I don't fail her. Uh, You know, like I talk to her. I had to look down these things that I wrote down. I talk to her. I tell her that I love her. Don't just tell her, but show it with actions and things. I, I help her with things around the house. I know some of you don't believe that either, but <laughs> I do. But, you know, there, there's things that, that I do, and there's definitely more things that she does to strengthen our relationship. Number one, it's got to be uh, surrounded and built upon the Word of God. Right. You know, we're going the same direction. <laughs> if I'm I'm going for the ministry, if she wasn't, all in the ministry and 100% for me, you know, our relationship wouldn't work out. You know, it's important that you're one together. But you know what? How is our relationship with God? Is He somebody special to us? Do we do things to not let Him down? There ought to be some things that we put into practice, put into place, and say, hey, Lord, because what you've done to me, because you mean something to me, I, I want to do these things to not let you down. You're somebody special to me. You're not just anybody. You're the one that gives me eternal life. That sent his son to die on the cross for me. Do you spend time with him? But not only do you spend time with but do you want to? You know, I want to spend time with my wife. 
and I spend as much time with her as I can. But do we do that with our Savior? Do we want to spend time with Him? Do we talk to Him? Or like I said earlier, is He just back here as a lifeline? When all else, is, all else fails, say, okay, God, I need you now. You know, and so many times we do that, and He's still faithful. He still comes through for us. You know, even though we, we don't deserve it, we don't treat Him like we should necessarily. But you know, I, I hope that everybody wants a uh, relationship with their husband, their wife. Um, but how is our relationship with our Lord and Savior? You know, I'm sure there's areas that we could all work on. You know, our life is just a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. We're not promised the next breath that we have. But, you know, we talked about some landmarks in our life. You know, when it comes to the end of our life, there's a landmark. It's a tombstone. And it's got two dates on there. And our life is a dash from this date to that date. But what could be put on your tombstone or what would other people say? Would they say, oh, he's one that loves the Lord with all his heart. Oh, it was evident. He was faithful to the house of God. When the doors of the church were open, he was there. Oh, he was a soul winner. He had a love for souls. Being a witness. They were an encourager. One that uplifted people. They were happy all the time. So many things we could go through here. And list so many things that people would want to be remembered of. You know, the thing is, we decide what that is. It's not a just, oh, I hope this is what happens. No, we determine that. It's up to us. You know, maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, I wouldn't like what's on mine. Maybe it's, well, he, he said he loved God. There wasn't really any fruit to, to show it. I mean, he said he loved the church, and he, he talked about it, but he missed an awful lot of services. You know, I know that none of us would want that to be on our tombstone, but that the best part about it is that we can start afresh today. Amen. We can start afresh today, and the Lord has given us another day that we can renew that slate. That we can say, hey, from now on, I want to do this. I want to, to grow that relationship with my Lord and Savior. I want to be one that loves the Lord more. I want to be one that loves His Word more, that spends more time with Him. You know, all these things, if, if I didn't do some of these things that I listed with my wife, she probably wouldn't be my wife for very long. You know, because she would get tired of me not talking to her, not spending time with her, not telling her how much I love her, not showing her those things. But yet we go day in and day out without doing any of those things to the Lord. You know, we have to stop and think, how have we made Him feel? How have we treated our Heavenly Father? 
You know, the one that put all the value on us. The one that says, you're important to me. And he showed it. He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just say, uh, oh yeah, you're important and never do anything with us. No, he, he said, you're important and I'm going to show you how much you mean to me by dying for you. And then taking it next step and saying, hey, I want to use you. I've got great things for your life. And I've got great things ahead, but you've got to choose what you're going to do. You've got to say, you know what? I'm going to stick with those landmarks. Even when Satan's trying to, de- to tempt you to remove the roots there that's been embedded just... And I just forget, that's, that's the old school. There's a new way now. No, the old way still works. And sticking to the old way is what's going to get the job done. But it's up to us. Uh, I like that illustration the pastor used this morning. You know, because Satan is out to destroy us. And he's like a roaring lion. He's out there after us. But it's our choice to be bound by sin. Once we've accepted Christ our Savior, then it's our choice. And... uh, Brother Josh brought something out in Sunday school that was really good this morning, too. And it talked about, we look at different characters in the Bible, and we say, how could you do that? How could you fall back into that sin? How could you? God's put this out there for you. Hey, Jonah, you know where you're supposed to go. This is easy. Just follow my plan. And we say, man, that was ridiculous. He had to pay for that. But we do the same thing. And that's something, you know, I mean, I know that story, but just something he brought out, you know, that so many times we just get focused on other people and their struggles. We think, oh, well, man, I wouldn't have done that. No, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have fled to Tarshish. I would have went straight to Nineveh, preached, seen souls saved. And, man, that would have been awesome. But God says, wait a second. I ask you to pass out a track, and you won't do that. You know, sometimes we want to say, okay, God, here I am. Use me. I'm ready. He says, well, I'm trying, but you won't do these other things first. You've got to be surrendered to me first. You've got, I've got to know that I've got total control of your life before I'm going to just allow you to go out there. You know, so many times... Uh, a lukewarm Christian or something can be so harming and damaging to the world around you because, you know, what we, oh, it's all on the outside. It's, oh, hey, you know, I know I got to do this. But then when it comes down to it, we crumble, we fail. And then others think, man, they were a Christian? I think I'll pass on that. Look at, look at this preacher. He fell. Man, and look at this preacher. I just, I can't go to church anymore. You just can't trust preachers anymore. You know, they're falling left and right. You know, preachers are human just like everybody else. They make mistakes. But you know what? There's consequences for everything that you do. And it doesn't just affect you. It affects a multitude of people around you. People that will never even know. But we can use that for good if we'll just allow the Lord to work. Maybe you want to work on that saying on your tombstone. 
how people reflect back on the lie. And I hope that one day that my life can be said that, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and that it's profitable for the Lord. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this time. Lord, that we got to open up your word, share a few thoughts tonight, Lord, of how we need to be